let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them do what? Pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. And do what? Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he did what? He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Then what did he do? He prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You might have guessed tonight we're, uh, where we're headed with, uh, I believe where the Lord would take us tonight is about prayer. Jody, how about asking for the Lord's blessing on this, would you please? Let it be. Let it be. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Alan, would you come up here a second, please? I need you. Could you help me set a couple of these down here? Uh, just down in front. We'll set, we'll set them back to back. That one right there. The other one, too. We'll turn around and put it to its back. Go ahead and spin him right around there. Thank you. You can open your uh, Bibles, turn them to Second uh, Chronicles five. If you've if not, if you've not been coming on uh, Wednesday nights, I hope that uh, I can whet your appetite. Because if, if you've not been coming, you need to get here because God is doing some awesome things in midweek service, the prayer service. Just get here, jump in with both feet and get wet. Expect the enemy to fight it. You'll feel bad. Something will come up. Your kids will go nuts again. It just happens. Fight to get here in midweek service because when God's people are getting together and they're praying, there's been some awesome stuff happening. Chains are being broken. People are being set free. Marriages are being put back together. We're seeing it happen. Second Chronicles 5, they have just... This is celebration time. They've just finished the, the temple. Verse 13 says, Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord... And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I am ready. I am ready. That's why I say, you and I, need to create an environment in which the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place where people who walk in the door, even drive by the property, can feel the presence of God. And tonight, I, I know that we've been studying about prayer for some time, but I, I want to tell you that prayer, you it, it, we could start right here on the front row with the two Johnson girls and 
Yeah, it's not a Johnson. Only one of them. We could start right there with those girls and go through every pew and everyone would have something different, a problem. And I guarantee you that the answer to every problem is prayer. Some people believe if they just had more money, they'd be happy. If they just had another man, another woman, if they just had this, another car, another house, they would be happy. I'm telling you, when we spend time with God in prayer, He puts things in order. He does. He shows us what is important. And He addresses, the Word of God addresses prayer. And we're going to look at that. Now remember, the, it has just been done. The temple's just finished. They're celebrating. Chapter 6, verse 1, Then Solomon spoke. The Lord said He would dwell in a dark cloud. I've surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who's fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there, nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. Yet... I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well in that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son, who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. So the Lord has fulfilled His word which He spoke, and I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised, and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel, and there I have put the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord which He made with the children of Israel. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, spread out his hands, For Solomon had made a bronze platform five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high, and he set it in the midst of the court. Now, a a cubit, I looked it up in Hebrew, it says the cubit is a forearm length. So uh, I measured mine, it's uh, 18 inches from my elbow to my fingertip. I'm probably somewhere around an average guy. So... That would be about seven and a half feet wide. This is close. It's probably about six. It's just a little bit bigger than this, about eight feet square and about five and a half feet high. And Solomon, he's standing on this thing. He set it in the midst, and look what happens. This is the dedication of the temple. And he stood on it, knelt down on his knees before all the assembly of Israel, and he spread out his hands toward heaven. Just like this. The king of Israel did this in the temple. He's on this platform. He's five and a half feet in the air. It's about eight feet square, and he's standing like this. And everything we read from here on out in this chapter, he's doing this. While he's speaking, he's kneeling, and his hands are being raised during the dedication of the temple. He's praying just like this. And it is what he says 
in this prayer, I'm telling you that you and I can name the problem we have, and the, the cure is prayer. And we're going to see it. And he said, verse 14, Lord God of Israel, there is no God in heaven or on earth like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel, only if your sons will heed to their way, that they walk in my law as you have walked before me. And now, O Lord God of Israel, let your word come true which you have spoken to your servant David. But will God indeed dwell with men on earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. Yet... Regard, you see the next two words there? The prayer. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God. You got your word of God open? And do what? And do what? He says, and listen. You hear. He said, listen. He's telling God, listen to me when I pray. Uh, this, we could, we could stop there and be done all night. You and I need to open our mouth when we pray. So I'm gonna say, you listen to me. You hear my prayer. Well, God knows my mind. Well, He give you a mouth. We slam people with it. We don't slam anyone like this. We speak with our mouth. God's given us a mouth. It's a mouth to praise Him. That's what it's for. Blessing and cursing come from this. Listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you, that your eyes may be open toward this temple day and night, toward the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes toward this place. And may you Hear the supplications of your servant and your people pray, and your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, what's it say? Forgive. I think it's pretty important to pray out loud. When you hear me pray, you hear us pray, forgive. I'm telling you, this is not prayer. There's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. We, The church has been silent too long. We have a big mouth everywhere else but here. Did the Buckeyes win? They were ahead with one second. I told Marsh it's time to go. I didn't get to see the last half hour of it because I was watching T.D. Jakes. I like T.D. Jakes. I don't care what else comes on. I like watching T.D. Jakes. And I they said, well, they called another timeout. So Mark said, we're out of here. We'll find out later. We'll find out later. Nothing's that important. We've got to get to the house of God. People going crazy. The place was going crazy. Buckeyes were down 14 points. They came back and won. All these people painting blue and maize and 
green and white and scarlet and gray and black and yellow, all these colors from all different colleges and stuff. And we, you can, you can hear a pin drop in this place. Shame on us. Makes us realize really what our God is. Now he lays out some scenarios. I want you to look at verse 22. If anyone sins against his brother, his neighbor, that never happens, does it? He's forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this temple. Then hear from heaven and act and judge your servants, bringing retribution on the wicked by bringing his way on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. Or if your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you. You think that goes on today? Yeah, maybe just a little. I think that's a lot of the reason we're losing some battles. We sin against God. And we take it lightly. He doesn't, but we do. He said, if that happens, and return and confess your name and pray and make supplication before you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to them and their fathers. When you hear. When you hear. We're ashamed to pray. When we're, it's, look, we're believers. We're in God's house. Is your name written in the book of life? And we're ashamed of the gospel. We won't even pray out loud in here. What the heck are we going to do if someone comes and says, if you confess Christ, I'm going to kill you? We won't even pray out loud. In This is the best environment there is. This is his temple. This is, his, this is God's place. This is where his glory dwells. And we won't pray out loud. I, I don't know what's happened in America. God, the enemy has silenced the church for decades. I believe that uh, Jim Cimbala said it best. Of all those things he ever said, the one nugget I got out of it says, we don't need prayer in schools. We need prayer in church. We need prayer in church. If we would just pray. Look, what we're doing is not working. Hello. You read the paper? You watch TV? It's at our feet. You know why we don't pray out loud? Because we're uncomfortable. You ever have an argument with your spouse silently? You go, and then they'll go, and you try to do it loud. We use our voices. We use our voices. God's given us a voice to communicate. Now we're talking about the one who saved our soul and we're ashamed to talk to him and ashamed to pray to him? What is wrong with us? My gosh, he needs to, he just needs to wake us up. Look at verse 26. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain, why? Because they have sinned against you. When they pray toward this place and confess your name, and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk and send rain on your land, which you have given to your people as an inheritance. Oh, God does it. 
You understand, every, everything we're seeing right now that happens, we cause. But God gives us a solution, a solution. He said, if you will pray, if you'll pray, let me hear your voice. I'll change things for you. God knows my mind. Yeah, He knows you're a coward. He does. I love Mary Perry's words. You remember when she was here speaking to the, here with the sheriffs? That, that woman had a nugget. She said, those of you afraid to witness and pray, she said, grow a spine. We just need to grow a backbone. But I believe the, the church is ashamed. Well, well, I can't pray out loud. What will Alan think? Oh, he thinks, what if, what if I pray out loud? I mean, if, if I pray out loud, everyone's going to think, of, I, they're going to know I have a problem. Really? Really? We were born for adversity. Everyone has problems. Start in the front row, work your way back. Everybody's got problems. God gives us a, a solution. We won't do it His way. God says, my way is not your way. Well, I just, I, I don't want to cause a scene. I don't want to call, I don't want to bring attention to myself. Oh, you're biting on it. The enemy has thrown it out there and he's got you. <laughs> it's a lie. I don't know when it happened that God, that the enemy silenced the church. But I'm telling you, it was never meant to be like that. You, you go to any ball game, and I'm not talking about a professional or a college or even a high school. You, you go to a Betty League game. You go to them little critters, and I'm telling you, par- grandparents will be animals. This shy little grandmother that won't say anything in church, kill him! You're wrong, ref! Hit him! Uh, you think, oh my gosh, where did that come from? That same person will say, well, I, I'm just reserved. I don't. That's not the way I like, I'm not, yes you are. We're vocal about what we believe in, about what we believe in. 28, when there's famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, when their enemies besiege them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, Whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people, Israel, when each one knows his own burden, his own grief, spreads out his hands to this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and forgive and give to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of the sons of men. This is going on. Everything we're reading, this is still going on. He's not moved. He has not moved. Everything we're reading so far, Solomon is still doing this as those words are being breathed. He has not moved. He is in this, on this thing that's got brass all around it, this platform, and his hands are raised, and he's still praying to God. Oh, it's important. You're going to see how important that is as we get close to the end. Verse 31, that they may fear you to walk in your ways as long as they live in the land which you gave to your fathers. Moreover. Concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and and pray in this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place 
and do according to all for which the foreigner calls you, that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. That even if a foreigner comes, if he want, if he will open up his mouth and he will use his voice, you give him, you grant him his request. That all the world may know that there's a God in Israel. I believe people found out this weekend there's a God in Zanesville. There is a God in Zanesville. It was, it was awesome down there. But you know what? It has to be bathed in prayer. This is where it happens. And I'm telling you, I'm glad you're here tonight. I love Sunday morning service, but I, I'm telling you, Wednesday midweek service is hands down the best service in this place all week long. Where are you? It's the best service here. Well, I've got to, I've got, there. I know there are things to do, and I know sometimes you have to be somewhere. I don't think every time. No one gets sick every Wednesday. You wouldn't be alive. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I believe the enemy does attack us. He Because he wants to keep us out. You understand, when you are in the middle of a prayer service, and there are people crying out to God. There's something about, there is something about hearing that voice. If, if I am in a, look, listen to this. Here's what happens. If I'm praying and I'm bummed and I'm just, I'm walking, I might even be mumbling myself. And I hear Beth say, God, I want, I pray, I lift this person to you. I come against, I'm telling you, that voice has now stirred me. That, that has stirred me. Now I'm going to start. God, it's like, wake up, Gebhardt. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against that foul spirit of infirmity in that woman. I curse it in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, then someone else says, yeah, yeah, it's just like going to a ball game. You ever, you ever see the, the players get out there and go, that's what I'm doing tonight. It's, it stirs us. There, there is no way... That you and I, if I don't care how much you love God, if you are keeping silent, you will not stir me. You will not, you will not stir anyone. There is something about me hearing my voice say, I'm going to praise God. The enemy goes, people, listen, he says, people are looking at you. Think you don't look at you anyway. You're, we're all weirdos. If your name's written in the book of life, people are looking at you. I was weird when I wasn't saved. That didn't stop me. We got to lay it down. We got to not care what people think. Man, when we, when we will join our voices, join our hearts and cry out. I know, that I, I always hate it when people say, well, you know how it used to be. But I'm telling you, in that old sanctuary over there, it was a roar when we prayed. It was a roar. We would, we would come together a half hour, an hour before services, people would just start showing up and just start praying. And it wasn't... I'm telling you, there was something that was going on. That fire's been missing. Oh, we need it. We need it. We need God to invade this place. We need His glory to fill this so we can't even minister. The priest can't minister. Oh, how I long for that. And you and I, you and I dictate whether or not that happens. Oh, we do. We can quench, we can quench the Holy Ghost. We walk in that door. If you got an attitude towards someone coming here, 
let me t- let you say that this is not praise and worship. This does not move God. It doesn't. It might feel good, but it don't move God. This is not a sacrifice of praise. He doesn't talk about a sacrifice of arm folding. This this is a sacrifice of praise. When you come in, you praise Him whether or not you want to. That's uh, I, This is an environment I can move in. I can move in this environment. They're praying. They're crying out to me. They're not caring what anyone else thinks. They're crying out. Don't miss Wednesday. I'm telling you, you miss that midweek service, you you are messing up. It will, God will light a fire under you. Midweek service is awesome. It's just it's starting. The, the I can hear the the fire crackling. You can just hear God is going. Oh, it's happening! It's happening! God, the stirring is coming. We know better. Well, that's just that's not my way. Correct your kids like that. Tell me what good that does. Bonnie, uh, I saw on Facebook, uh, Noah got in trouble. Noah turned three last month. said, you know, he's a, he did something. And Bonnie said, well, you know, uh, that's what happens. You, you get punished when I tell you to do something. That's called disobeying. He said, I don't like baying. <laughs> Who does? Who does? But when we pray, God deals with us about baying. That's what happens. He opens our eyes and He points out things in our life that have to change when we pray. God, listen, you cannot... I have tried to pray and and be upset with Marcia. I, God won't let me do it. He will not let me do it. No, you you take care of this. You get Don't be coming in my presence like that. Don't make a mockery of this. You take care of this problem, then you leave your gift at the altar, you go be reconciled, then come back. We, we need to make sure that things in here, in here are in order. It happens when we pray. God points out stuff. Oh, prayer is the answer, church. Verse 34 says, When your people go out to battle against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you toward this city which you have chosen, the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer, their supplication, maintain their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. You hear that? And you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy and they take them captive to a land far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong and have committed witness, committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart, with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they've been carried captive, and pray toward their land which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and toward the temple which I have built for you, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, their prayer, their supplications, 
maintain their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. When you hear the prayer, your God, forgive me. We have sinned against you. That's, Solomon said, when you hear that, forgive them. I said, I will. I'll forgive them. We just read it in James. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. John was baptizing in Jordan and they came something I have yet to see in the church in America. They came confessing their sins. We're afraid if we tell someone our sins, no one's going to like us. You think everyone likes you now? You can't be that vain. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The healing comes in confessing sins. We're, isn't it funny? We don't like confessing ours, but we don't mind confessing everyone else's. So, well, it's just not, I'm just not that way. Well, then shut up. Quit telling everyone else about their problems. No one gossips silently. Unless you're texting someone, that's just as guilty. Verse 40, now my God, I pray, let your ears be open and let your, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Open up your ears. Hear us, we're praying to you. Now therefore, arise, O Lord, your... Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength, let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. This all happened right here. Everything we just read in that chapter happened right here in this position. That whole chapter. Solomon was kneeling. He stood on here, then he knelt. With his hands raised, everything I just read, he prayed right from this position. I'm going to show you why that is very important. Look at verse 1, chapter 7. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's, the Lord's house, when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good for His mercy endures forever. Wow. They were not on the platform. They were on the pavement. Well, we'll get, get our suit dirty. They were on the pavement with their faces in the ground. For the Lord, He is good for His mercy endures forever. Well, you don't expect me to do that, do you? I mean, come on, brother. No, I don't. I think God does, but I don't. We just don't want it bad enough. We don't want it bad enough. If I do that, what would Pat Fisher think of me? And why do I care what Pat Fisher thinks of me? When was the last time you called me, brother? Really? Really? Why, why would I care what Pat Fisher thinks of me? Why would he care what I think of him? Why do we not care what God thinks of us? 
Why, why are we men pleasers and not God pleasers? Because that's what this all boils down to. We don't like praying out loud. I'm afraid what someone might think. It's a war. It's a war to pray. It's a war to pray out loud. Sunday mornings after Sunday school, come in here and pray, just walk the front. The voices come. They're all looking at you. You think you're something. Listen, when you hear that voice, it, it, it's like, you fuel my fire. That is the voice of the enemy. I know. I must be getting close to a breakthrough. When, when I feel like the enemy's badgering me like that, I say, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll keep praying. I don't care what they think. Because God wants to hear my voice, even if you don't. Because I'll tell you what, if people are praying loud, it'll make you uncomfortable. There's only one way to get comfortable if someone's praying out loud. They call us holy rollers, and I guess you'd say it's true, but if they knew what we was rolling about, they'd be rolling too. Listen, that's the same thing with prayer. You Just jump in, get your feet wet, don't care what anyone else thinks. Use your mouth. Open your mouth. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph, the Word of God says. Shout. We yell at our kids. Verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, you see those next five words? What's it say? Yes, sir. I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. And said to him, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for my sake, for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, oh yeah, we could quote this verbatim, who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? And pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I. Oh yes. If you'll do that, if you'll pray, I'll hear that. I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. I don't care what it, the election looks like. How do we go with someone that's con Islam or we go with a Mormon? Or do we? God says, it doesn't matter. If my people, which are called by my name, always, all, the mandate is you and I must pray. All he wants to do is hear our voice. Step out of that box. Step out of that comfort zone. Say, well, brother, it's easy for you. No, it's not. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to pray out loud in this place. It's hard. It's a war. You know why? Because you walk in, and this is not an environment where it's real conducive to prayer. I'm sorry. But we walk in, and everyone's... Uh, it, it's It's... This is God's house. And I I mean, I, I was raised Catholic, so I'm real careful about... I mean, it, it, I, I mean, there was a... For as messed up as Catholicism was, one thing that was right was there was a reverence in that place. And I heard someone died there and they took out four people before they got to the right one. But 
It's dead there. It is dead. It is dead. But there's a reference. I mean, when you, even, even as an older boy, when I walk by, I mean, if you, if you walk by the front, if you walk by the front of the altar and you were in front of the cross, you genuflected, you made sign of the cross. You took off your hat when you walked in the sanctuary. No one spoke in there. My dad communicated without speaking. We were there. Now, there's mom and dad, and us five kids at that time. And if one of us was out of line, all dad had to do was go. And you knew if that eye made contact with you, you were it, and you better straighten up. Because that was God's house. It was God's house. And I, I don't know, we have lost we've lost a reverence for God. This is the place where His glory dwells. I, look, this, I'm not pointing a finger and, and, and condemning. I'm just saying this goes on in here. It's a war. But I believe God is stirring us. He wants to move in our place, in, in this place. This is His house. But if He's going to move here and His glory is going to fill this place so that priests cannot minister, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to do it His way. <laughs> we, we can't just come in like we want and saying what we want and doing what we want. That is not an environment where, where God will move. Brother, you don't know what I've had. I've had a bad day. Well, it's going to get worse. You come in God's house and, and mess around, and you're irreverent to God's house, I guarantee your day will get worse. Isn't it amazing? I, I would be what they would probably call an extrovert. Probably. And yet, why is it such a war for me to pray out loud? Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh, we're not. We're not. God's given us this voice to praise Him. It's all through the Word of God. Listen to this. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and He heard me from His holy hill. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. How long, O oh, you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? But know that the Lord has set apart for Himself Him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to Him. We just sang it. And He hears me when... Uh-huh. He hears us. This, this may look spiritual. It may even look reverent, but I'm telling you, this will not move God. It will not move mountains. And this will not in any way deter the enemy. You cannot bind the enemy silently. Cannot. Jesus didn't. Jesus spoke to the Spirit. Come out of Him, thou unclean spirit. Just what we have to do. we got to speak to spirits. Are you tired of spirits badgering you and having... Uh, dominion in your life, speak to them. Speak to the mountain. Be removed. Be thou cast into the sea. Jesus said, you speak to the mountain. Well, that's kind of dumb. Well, just go ahead and run into that thing all your life then. Jesus said, speak to it. Speak to the mountain. 
Death and life are in. Yes, sir. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray, my voice you shall hear in the morning. Do that silently. My voice you will hear in the morning. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. He's heard my voice. He's heard my voice. Does he hear yours? You think he doesn't hear it when you're on the phone talking about someone? He does. He hears that voice. He knows you have a voice. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Psalm 30, verse 2. I cried out to you and you healed me. Well, I know, but what are people going to think? Probably going to think you're crying out to God. Probably. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I'm seeing a pattern here. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from His temple and my cry came before Him, even to His ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. Because one of his children cried out with their voice. You think he doesn't know it's uncomfortable to do this? But it moves him. It moves God. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, all this will really seem weird to you. It will. But I fear it's weird to the church because it's so foreign to us. It's so foreign to us. We have got to get back to the place where we cry out to God and we don't care what anyone thinks. Well, brother, it doesn't make you any more spiritual. You're right, it doesn't. It doesn't make you spiritual, but I'll tell you what, it will light a fire in you that this cannot. Well, God looks on the heart. I know He does. He also looks at your mouth and He listens to what you say. If that's the way you communicate with everyone else, that's fine if you cannot speak. But I got a feeling that's not the way you communicate with everyone else. So why would we not use our voice 
to speak to the one who sent his own son to die for us. Why would we be ashamed to speak to him in front of other people? He said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I'm going to be ashamed of you. Do you ever wonder what would happen if we just really all got together and prayed? I mean prayed. Just prayed. Not had a moment of silence. We've had decades of silence. That's our problem. It's not just been a moment. The church has had decades of silence. We need to have shouting. We need to have binding and loosing. We have spirits in this place that need bound. And the only way they're going to get bound is when they are dressed by a son or daughter of the Most High God. That you foul spirit of infirmity, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I bind your power. You know what? When we lost our son, he battled leukemia for three years. And when we prayed, I really didn't care what anyone else thought. They really didn't. What what will it take for you? Where you quit caring about what people think? What if God wanted to move in here tonight? What what if His glory would be so strong that we just couldn't even minister? All because we just cried out to Him. Does anyone else wonder what that would be like? I mean, we could try it. I'm open to it. We we could just take the remainder of this service. I mean, hypothetically, and we could just try this. We we could just come like to the altar, like he could put on music, and we could try crying out to God. I mean, what what if what if he would move? I believe with everything in me that God is going to open this woman's eye. I I believe it with all of my heart. I believe we are going to see God move in this body like we've never seen before. But it's going to come on the heels of prayer. And it's going to come because we have humbled ourselves and prayed, humbled ourselves and prayed, and God will hear from heaven. He'll heal our land. He'll forgive our sin. You got something you can play back there? I don't even care if it's fast or slow or loud. Just whatever the Lord has on your heart. If you don't know Christ, I don't want to pass up this opportunity. You need to come up this altar and someone will pray with you. You make yourself known. Hey, I don't know Christ. I I have no idea what you're talking about. You just need to know Him. But for the rest of you, those of us who do know Him, I'm telling you, we need to get to this altar whether you walk, you kneel, whatever you do, I would just ask, do not be intimidated. Say, God, I'm going to use my voice. Volume, it doesn't say anything about a volume button. It just said, use your voice. God, you can hear my voice. Well, I I just talk to him like this. That's the way we need to talk to God. It is. Put on something, play. Let's just see. What if?